Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How you doing? My name's Robert Kerr, your host of the program once more. Uh, we got that fall feeling. Autumn is officially here. Lots of soccer going on across the fields, across the Great Lakes state. I mean, the kids are playing high school, club, collegiate, and the uh, business end of the American Pro schedules here. If you missed last week's episode of the podcast, we talked to Dave Dwayhe, who is not only part of Detroit City FC, but University of Liggett's high school coach. And they are number one in the coaches poll in Division Four. So, Congrats to their continued success at the high school level. Be sure to check out that episode of the podcast and all the other ones on your favorite uh, audio platforms, Spotify, Apple, all those. And then also be on the lookout at the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube channel. We've doubled our followers, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to the following on uh, social media and the listens on the audio platform. So be sure to check out at MI Soccer Central on YouTube as well. Try to put as many of these episodes up there as possible. Um, other stuff, if you check out uh, at MI Soccer Central across social media platforms, you'll see the uh, coaches poll, big one here at the end of the season. Across all the divisions, like I said, at Division Four University of Liggett, Detroit Country Day, Gold Lake and Berkeley, the number one in Division One. So, look out! Postseason is right around the corner, and the uh, State Cup for the girls is only two weeks away. So, look forward to doing some more commentary on that. Speaking of the end of the pro season, Detroit City FC having a little bit of a tough go, limping to the end. They're in the uh, hunt for the last uh, playoff position, but Things getting a little harder to attain that playoff position with uh, a couple uh, losses here in a row. I know some folks went down to the uh, the game last, last week, midweek, and got very wet and saw them take 3-0-L. And I know some people made the trip to Indianapolis where Detroit City FC came out uh, uh, second best in that competition on the road in Indianapolis. Um, got a great conversation on the way feature episode or feature interview of the episode, Mr. U.S. Open Cup himself, the senior editor of the cup.us and a core member of Michigan Soccer Central, Josh Hackles up next, right after this week's Soccer Fact here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Hello, my name is Kelvin, and I'm here to give you today's Soccer Facts. The soccer video game with the lowest rating ever is the Virtual Striker 2 from 2000 on the Sega Dreamcast. According to GameRankings.com, boasting a ranking of 52.98% from 22 reviews. And I think that concludes our little chat, mates.
Welcome back here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Excited for this next segment. I invited a expert on to review the U.S. Open Cup 2023 final and the tournament that concluded just last week with MLS side Houston Dynamo raising the cup to become champion. And lo and behold, I reach out to the expert and he's already working on the stages of qualifying for next year's edition already. So I uh, wanted to uh, bring him on before any further ado, the senior editor of the cup.us, a core member of Michigan Soccer Central and an expert on the U.S. Open Cup. Josh Hackler, thank you so much for rejoining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Hey, glad to be here. So, uh, like I said in my preamble, I actually interrupted you. It is the second round of qualifying for the 2024 edition. Yeah, uh, the the qualifying for the the next tournament actually starts before the previous tournament is over, which is, a, is kind of a regular thing around here. So it's, uh, you know, once things start to calm down a little bit before the final, you know, the one game, how hard is it to cover one game? And uh, then you have... 23 games in the first round and then you have 44 games in the second round so it's uh it, you know it picks back up pretty quickly around here so yeah the the cup day us so what did i interrupt what is the uh the active uh tournament rounds or the uh, qualifying rounds look like at your website so we are we just finished this well actually we have one more game left in the second round there was a game that got I don't know, moved or postponed. Uh, so I believe that is uh, tomorrow. Uh, I guess that, what is that? I think it's Tuesday. October um, 3rd? October 3rd would be the, uh, the 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 last game of the round. So the other 43 games, well, I should say 42 games, and there was one forfeit, um, were all completed over the weekend. So uh, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a busy weekend <laughs> trying to, to keep up with all that. As you might imagine, uh, amateur soccer teams, have a very uh, uh let's say uh, there's a wide gap between the quality level of let's say live streams that are available um if they exist at all um sometimes it's even very difficult to get anyone to give you updates on uh, on these games so it's uh it's pretty tricky but uh you know what we try to keep people posted as to what's happening so the cup that you as uh keeping everyone as uh informed of America's oldest tournament or the qualifying for it as can be. But I actually did bring you on to talk the 2023 edition that wrapped in the Houston Dynamo beating a messy list inter Miami. Um, the tournament obviously <laughs> you covers are, you a are lot. Required to, you are required to mention Messi uh, in any, in any situation where he is involved and and I get it. I get it. Um, but, you know, I think the extreme example was ESPN.com's headline for the U.S. Open Cup final was something to the effect of Messi doesn't play, comma, Inter-Miami loses Open Cup final. So, um, sorry, Houston. Uh, I think that's very, uh, that was very unfortunate. But uh, congratulations, Houston. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, there was no Messi. And I think that was a big disappointment for a lot of fans. But, uh, but hey, you know, it, it worked out for Houston. I know in the early rounds, especially um, in the first round that the, the the top teams come into, it gets a lot of attention. But um, 
it seems a little bit uh, separated from those uh, final, like the semifinal and then the, the final um, round where it's just the MLS teams. Um, do you guys yourselves that are in the thick of it covering it all feel that disconnect or because um, there's a lot more games, a lot more heavy lifting at the front end compared to the end. Uh, how does that uh, how do you view it as someone who's covered it for like 20 years? Well, it, it is it is tough because, you know, they, they really it's pretty consistent for a while there. It's like every couple of, you know, in, in every couple of weeks there's there's games. But then uh, once you get to the quarterfinals, they were in uh, I mean, obviously we had Leagues Cup going on. So, I, I mean, it's always a different calendar. So uh, it's tough to know what the schedule is going to look like every year, but yeah, there typically is a gap between the semifinals and the final and sometimes the quarterfinals to the, to the semifinals. I'm, I mean, th there are people who have, they've suggested trying to make them more close together to try to keep the momentum going. But I would, I would probably lean more on the side of like maybe giving the semifinals and a final like time to breathe a little bit and also to be able to, uh, promote it and sell tickets and try to you know like build a little ha have a little bit of hype leading up to it um i mean obviously league's cup made it you know june to uh, late august i mean that's a pretty that's a little, maybe an extreme gap but uh but yeah I, I, that's pretty much what it was it, and this one from august august 23rd for the semifinals and then uh, september 27th for the final so it was a pretty big gap but uh i, I think they just do that just to put butts in the seats and try to, you know, get a little uh, momentum going and, and hype it up a bit. For uh, some context to the listeners who uh, haven't ventured too much into the open cup, what uh, stage of the competition, um, if uh, there was a Cinderella amateur team that uh, started winning some games, uh, how many games would they play before they might run into Detroit city FC? They would, well, so there's, Typically, I mean, if you go through the uh, open division qualifying tournament uh, that, you know, basically anybody can enter as long as you, you know, your, your league qualifies, you played like a minimum of 10 games. And then, I mean, and you're affiliated with U.S. soccer, uh, you can get in. You, if you and I want to start a team and join, a, you know, an affiliate league, then then we could we could join. Um, and typically you got to you got to win at least three games. I mean, there's four rounds. Typically, of course, that changes depending on the number of teams that are going to get in. But uh, usually there's three to four rounds. And then so you could have a max of four games before you get to the tournament proper. And then uh, and then, you know, you get into the tournament. And usually the first round is either against uh, most likely another amateur team. But sometimes you, you might get a, a third division team. Uh, so you might get a pro team right out of the gate, depending on the, how the draw works out. And uh, so usually you wouldn't run into a second division team like uh, Detroit city until, you know, round two. So that's, that's typically how, how it works out. Yeah. Looking back at uh, where Detroit city FC did enter the fray was back in early April. Uh, I went to that uh, when DCFC took out uh, gold star FC, that was at the beginning of April. So, and that's still seems like a lifetime ago. So the team know, that uh, might be qualifying now on an amateur team could be worlds away if they were to make that uh, uncharted run deep into this tournament. Yeah, and typically they they have the games be regional so that they minimize travel. So it's a, uh, you know, th that's why you, all, you usually end up with a team in your neck of the woods, depending on what how the map 
works out. You know, that's why Detroit City played the Michigan Stars in the last year, then in 2022. Um, they played the Bucks a few times. So that I mean, that's usually how it works out. And then usually in the set by the by the if you get past that opening game, then you know, you're still working with teams in your region, but you're kind of at the mercy of uh, who won the previous round and and you know with how the draw works out. So that's why you know Detroit City had to had to play Minnesota United in their second game. That's just the the way the draw worked out. And it would they're in their region. I mean, it could have been worse. I mean, it could have been like Livonia City going down to what was it Lafayette, Louisiana to play that qualifier. I mean, that's just an unfortunate. Uh, way that some team's going to get the, the you know the short end of the stick when when it comes to travel but um but usually these these are regional matchups in this tournament i think that uh that's how i discovered uh livonia city was uh via their story of making that trip down there i think that's my discovery of livonia yeah. um but to kind of uh reflect on the 2023 edition of the us open cup You've been covering uh, this tournament for 20 or so years, I believe. Where does this year's kind of rank and what was kind of like a memory from it? I I would say, I mean, I think the big takeaway is going to be that that Messi joined the tournament. I, I really, I think it's, it's such an easy thing to say, but really, I mean, frankly, like I, I know people might be a little... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say overwhelmed by the whole, by the messy hype, but I mean, like it's, it's real. I mean, it's here. And, uh, and, and I, and I think it's good for the game, but um, this tournament in the semifinals and the finals, what was the most watched semifinal, the most watched final ever in the history of the tournament because of him. And he didn't even play in the final, but enough people, I mean, hundreds of country, you know, like over a hundred countries, bought the rights for this game or for this tournament because of him. So, I mean, I, while he only played one game and, you know, that was a, a pretty great performance and one player of the round for, for his efforts. Uh, it, it, I mean, I would say that that gave the tournament a boost and we'll see if, you know, what, what'll happen in the next tournament. If, you know, maybe he plays in more games. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the, what the status will be next year, but uh you know, I, I think every tournament kind of has that thing. I mean, last year, uh, I think the, the, the year before, I think Sacramento Republic, the second division team making it to the final, that was kind of the big headliner. Uh, you know, you, you have some amateur teams that kind of ca- capture the imagination. I, I think I think that's really kind of at the core of what people really take away from the tournament are the underdog stories. So I, I, I think that's really what it, it comes down to. But in this case, I mean, I hate to say it, but... This is the, you know, I've heard this referred to as now, oh, that tournament that Messi plays in. And you know what? If if that's the way that people discover the tournament that otherwise wouldn't have discovered it, I guess I'll take that. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll take that W and uh, hopefully build on it. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard that with some Detroit City fans, some people who are maybe casual Detroit City fans. And when Detroit City was playing, you know, Open Cup games against, you know, they played against the Columbus crew and, and I think that got a lot of people's attention uh, here locally in Michigan. And I got a lot of questions of like, oh, that tournament that Detroit City plays in. And I'm like, well, yeah, actually, Detroit City's played in it a few times. <laughs> and like, but now that they're far enough to get to play against Major League Soccer teams, it's sort of like 
gets on people's radar. So that which is great. Yeah, I kind of consider that the whole lead into the Columbus Crew Open Cup game. That's kind of when DCFC went really mainstream here locally. They were on all the local TV shows and radio was talking about them, uh, you know, pretty frequently. And and to be fair, the attention ha- has that brought it up to like kind of brought the uh, the basement of the attention level up a notch while, yeah. you know, it's not mainstream on all those outlets all the time that definitely brought it into that that level of a zeitgeist here locally with uh playing the mls uh sides and having them in town yeah and and that happened with the with the formerly known as michigan bucks you know when they were playing all those major league soccer teams i mean that was that was big time news. Like when the Metro stars would come to town or the Columbus crew would come to, it, it might've, I mean, really was kind of a better story because they were an amateur team playing against these major league soccer teams. So getting that far enough as an amateur team. And then obviously they, they've beaten two, two major league soccer teams. So that is even better. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I, I think that's the underdog story is what makes the tournament. I mean, if we didn't have that, I mean, I've had so many people like, I feel like there's been some, and this is in a severe minority, I really think, but like there are people who are like, why do we even bother with the amateur teams? They never, they never win the whole thing. They don't have a chance. And like, I don't know, like they make the tournament what it is. So if they didn't have, if they weren't in it, then it would be just kind of a, you know, kind of a silly leagues cup thing. You know, like I feel like the, the underdog story, people, having a chance I and mean, we've seen amateur teams beat major league soccer teams and uh really dramatic ways and while it doesn't happen every year but it, the same thing in march madness like a 16 seed doesn't get knocked off every year but you know what a 15 seed does sometimes and you know obviously we've seen 16 seeds finally go down or uh, one seeds finally go down in the opening round so the chance of that happening is what makes it makes it special yes indeed uh well, well said there. Um, it is funny that this year's edition for it being like the, like you said, the underdog or Cinderella type tournament uh, over the years that, you know, <laughs> the number one star is the, the, the headline takeaway from this year's edition. That's kind of a, a funny point. So moving forward, like the, the, the format has changed a little bit, the way the, the calendar works and all that. Um, is there anything with the, the qualifying for the next uh, edition coming around. Is there anything you want to see or you'd be excited about with the, the, the upcoming edition of the U S open cup? I, I, well, we, we don't know what the format will be for the, for the tournament proper, but like with the qualifying tournament, I mean, I, I think that this, they started this in 2015 where before it was the most convoluted, confusing, I mean, we covered it and we tried our best to explain it to people, but it was so confusing. Like it, so there are four regions in the amateur level at the USASA level, and they all had their own regional tournament. And then there were also state tournaments. So some of them would add state tournaments and then that would lead into the regional tournament. And then sometimes they would skip the state tournament or sometimes they would let the runner up in. I mean, I mean, there was, there was no like consistent format. And then region four and region three usually didn't have enough entries to really have a full blown tournament. So they would just have a long weekend tournament. And 
which was terrible. I don't know why you'd want to play three games in a weekend or sometimes four games in a weekend, which is, I, I think is illegal by, by soccer, by FIFA standards, but they, um, they, so every region had their own tournament and it was just so confusing for people to follow. And, uh, and so finally, I think in 2015, they were just like, you know what, let's just let whoever wants to sign up, sign up. And then we will divide them up regionally and we'll just have a, a tournament like out of all the regions. So we don't have like region four entering like six teams out of the entire Western United States, you know, then more teams signed up. And I, now we have tons of teams that are signing up and, uh, and it's just, it's simple. Like you win and you keep going. And then eventually we're going to get to a win and you're in round. And then if you win, you're in and that's it. And it's, it's just that simple. So I think it's so much better than it was. Um, it's still, like I mentioned, like there are still like some teams that are going to have these long travel, you know, games where uh, even even one that seems regional. But then if you actually look, look at the map, like um, I know Inter San Francisco uh, picked up a win this past weekend and they are going up uh, up north to play a Seattle based team, which ha- has the, the tournament's best uh, best team name. Uh, Shark, I think it's Sharktopus FC. Yeah. Sharktopus FC is uh which is which is run by apparently i i'm i'm just learning about this that their their owners were on a reality tv show and this is where uh i have to use my get off my lawn thing because i have no idea about any reality television um someone had to explain to me the show uh love is love is blind i think is the show uh on netflix anyway the people who are involved in that show apparently own this team anyway they're going up san francisco to seattle and you're thinking oh it's regional but i like that's like an 800 mile trip. So like they're going to have to figure something out and they want them to play in the morning. And I'm like, how's that going to work? So I don't know. So there's lots of situations like that, that come up every year. Um, They're still working on changing that schedule because that's just not, I mean, that's not cool. (laughs) Like have them come all the way up to Seattle and then have to play at 10 AM, but. um, Take on a shark to puss at 10 AM. I mean, come on. And well, I will give them credit, like uh, say, say what you will about uh, reality TV and all that stuff. And apparently they have a really good team, too. But um, they uh, they have like the coolest logo. It's it's I mean, I, I guess if you're going to call yourself Shark to Pussy, I mean, you got to come strong with the with the logo. I mean, it's all right there. So so check that one out. It's a, it's a pretty good one. I give them give them a lot of credit. But but yeah, that's what uh, we're in round. We just finished. We're about to finish round two. Round three will be, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks, uh, the end of October. And then we do a fourth. You, we're expecting the fourth round to be like the win and you're in round. So that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. But unfortunately, we don't have a single Michigan team that entered this year. So I don't know what's happening here in the Great Lakes state, but uh, no one signed up. So there it is. Any theories on it? Is it? the local area here in Michigan have uh, such a rigorous amount of amateur leagues that people aren't looking to, to add another. I would love to know the answer to that. Maybe you could interview somebody uh, from the Michigan soccer association to figure that out. I mean, Michigan actually hasn't had a strong participation level over the years, even back when it was like that, that, you know, really confusing regional level. Um, there would only be like one, maybe two. Uh, it, it would be usually like, the Ann Arbor team that not, uh, what was it? A- Ann Arbor FC, not AFC Ann Arbor, but Ann Arbor FC. And uh, there would be like a Detroit team and that's it. And uh, that would be like your state 
championship. Whoever signed up played in a state championship. I think I went to Skyline High School in, I don't know, probably 2000. I can't, I can't even remember the, the years. It's all blurry after 20 years. But um, I remember going to Ann Arbor when I, before I lived in Ann Arbor, I lived in Lansing. I drove to Ann Arbor to Skyline High School and saw these two, you know, two amateur teams play each other. And, and uh, that was our state championship. So at the Lumberjacks? Uh, I think it was pre lumberjacks. So, uh, and yeah, pre pre lumberjacks and lumber jills. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember which, uh, which teams. It was. I think it was just one of the Detroit teams and in the Ann Arbor team. And that was, uh, that was it. So yeah, we got to step. I don't know what it is. I, I amateur cup, there are some amateur cup, uh, teams, but I, I think I have heard from more than a few teams that like, it, it is a tough sell to certain amateur teams to go into the open cup because, just like I said, I mean, the, your chances of winning are are almost next to nothing. But I think enough enough teams think, well, really, I mean, I'm, it's not about winning the tournament, but making one of those those runs that people remember. Christos FC in uh, the team from Maryland played against DC United and lost four to one. But if you ask anybody who follows this tournament. They remember Christos FC because they scored that one goal first and took the lead. And everyone was like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then very quickly, it, it did not happen. <laughs> and, then, and then it turned around and DC United won. But for some, I mean, just for that moment where everyone, like, believed for a moment. And then, you know, then it was dashed away. But, but you know, we've had Cal FC and obviously I mentioned the Bucks and there have been other teams that have given these teams a run. And just for that run, for that moment of, of hope is uh, is enough. But for some teams, that moment of hope isn't enough. And so they'd rather play in the Amateur Cup. And uh, oddly enough, if you win the Amateur Cup, you get into the Open Cup. So, you know, go figure. We'll just have to get that winner on board and get us a, a Michigan amateur participant. But for now, uh, Josh Hakala, thank you so much for uh, coming back on the program. Uh, let them know where all the coverage that I'm interrupting you for. Uh, let them know where they can get that. Uh, well, all of our socials are U.S. Open Cup. Um, and it's a little confusing because uh, and, and just. Just so you know, I, I was first, so I got I got first pick. So uh, that's why I have U.S. Open Cup. So the Federation is actually at Open Cup. So it's, it's there's always a lot of confusion with that. But uh, at U.S. Open Cup, uh, we've got a, a Patreon account uh, that we were you know trying to raise money so we can pay some of these people to go out and cover these games. Uh, that that is my main goal in this. Like I'm not obviously doing this to get rich but <laughs> and if i was i'd be terrible at it because uh, we're 20 years in but um it's uh you know trying to help these you know the, all these reporters who are all over the country who helped me cover this this tournament it's great and the fact that they do it on a volunteer basis is amazing so so support our patreon and then um yeah i mean find us on social media and uh the cup.us josh hackler thank you so much for joining me again on the michigan soccer central podcast Happy to be here. Hey, this is Chloe Ricketts, and you're tuned in to Michigan Soccer Central.
Thank you so much to Josh Hakla from thecup.us, a uh, expert there in the oldest domestic competition we have here, uh, U.S. soil, the U.S. Open Cup. Very uh, interesting and uh, storied competition with all sorts of quirks. On the way out, I want to guide you to the cup.us website, and they got a good story coming out that Josh was returning to write after I let him go about the uh, team Gunners FC that uh, is supported and a fandom comes from a famous place out in Buffalo, DeMar Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills, uh, big supporters of Gunners FC. Read the story on the cup.us. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Thank you to uh, Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program. Thank you to the MSC Cord members. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your soccer. <laughs>